You're listening to Ink Speak, where storytelling and poetry meet the wonder and magic of living. I'm your captain, author, poet, and unearther of life, Maverick Malone. death in December. There is a heady sweetness to spring and summer. Oh, absolutely. And her plump, ripened strawberries pressed against lips, ruby juices dribbling down the chin, and her vast fields of shining sunflowers praising every cloud, disc florets tilted in a hallelujah of sky, and her warm breeze, and the buzzing of bees on the back deck, bringing their kisses and messages from somewhere reached only when the moment is a moon, whole hearts singing of their own accord, a cricket chorus of gratitude, and comes ostentatious autumn, burnt crimson show-off, impatient chameleon, turning a little too early, daring everyone to marvel at such incredible metamorphosis, with entire eager trees of skydiving leaves, risking it all for what comes next. Everyone speaks longingly of spring and summer and the waltz of fall. It gives brooding winter the cold shoulder, thinking her permafrost permanent, as if it were not that very frost arriving first before any good rebirth could ever spring forth. Whew, I don't know about y'all. But I am feeling the winter blues already, and it's barely December. And by that, I just mean that it's 30-something in the mornings, 40s during the day, and all my body wants to do is sleep. I want a thick blanket or a Snuggie or to just climb up inside my boyfriend's hoodie. Have you seen that meme? And to just pull the curtains closed and hibernate until spring because I cannot hang with the cold. I am a spring and summer girl. I love the heat, hate the cold, but I have an appreciation for winter. I can see it's necessary. These slumbering periods of moving inward, we're just reflective of that. But lately, month after month, I've been struggling to keep up with the consistency of my routines that help keep me grounded and help me move through these seasons. It's been lethargy city, population of one. I'm a person who needs routine. A morning routine or a night routine, definitely an exercise routine, usually something peppered with some spirituality. I'm going to detour for a minute. Okay, this is actually a human design thing with the routines. It's the energy of gate five, which I have, the gate of fixed rhythms, which brings routine and a level of consistency. Gate five trusts in the rhythm of life and creates habits, routines, and rituals that work with this energy. So when someone with gate five deviates from their natural rhythms, it can be physically, mentally, and emotionally destabilizing and kind of taxing. As with energy, we're all susceptible to being influenced by others. And how different gates interact with the gates of others we come in contact with that may have the opposite gate of ours to create a full channel. And interestingly enough, my boyfriend has gate 15, the gate of extremes, which is the the other end or the other half of this gate, So routines are not for him, and we're basically opposites in that respect. I like routine. I work well with routine. That doesn't work so well for him. 
According to his human design, it's not really correct for him to follow like a set rigorous schedule or a concrete concrete routine. So things like going to bed whenever he feels like it or eating whenever he feels called to, maybe going for a run one day and then skipping the next three, whereas I kind of thrive and I've noticed that I'm physically, mentally, and emotionally my strongest, my best self, when I can stick to going to bed around the same time and stick to these routines and the things that help keep me grounded when there's a level of predictability there. But that's just one factor. Our energy clashes there and I can see how I've kind of abandoned some of my routines over over time in favor of other things. And it's a whole culmination of like things that have contributed to that. But the gates is something that I, I definitely have, have noticed and I find that so interesting. But I'm trying to get back on track because I think lately with the way I've been feeling, it's kind of a tell, a kind of quiet internal alarm that's like, hey, we should probably get back to doing those things we used to do that helped us feel good and healthy. But also, hashtag holidays, and this time of year is notorious for stress and that go, go, go feeling of never having enough time to get everything done. Plus, with so many fun events and social gatherings this time of year, it's hard to just catch your breath. And I'm someone who's social anyway. I love a good party or a fun event. Give me any excuse to dress up. So it's hard for me to resist. Honestly, I bet there's something else in my human design chart that points to that too, having a hard time resisting things, the not knowing when enough is enough as a non-sacral. And sorry, if all of this sounds like a foreign language, human design kind of is. And I'm someone who knows a little bit about a lot of things. Um, so I can't really go too much in depth on human design, but I'll have someone on the show at some point to like really dive into it because it's so interesting. But that's one distinction that has been pointed out to me lately is this routine versus practice. So we have routine, which asks us to stick to something like a set time and a thing. And when we don't, everything else just falls out of place. So if we say we're going to wake up every day at five and do yoga or go for a run, but one day we sleep in, then we feel like suddenly the whole thing's a lost cause and we don't even try. So it's like one domino falling causes all of the dominoes to fall. But a practice is much more flexible. A practice is just a set of things we need to do often to feel good or stay grounded or connected. And we do them wherever we can fit it in. I used to be very rigorous about going to bed at a certain time so I could wake up at the same time every morning and do yoga or go for a run. And I think that's due to the many planets I have in Capricorn. I like that like rigorous structure sometimes. But I have so many other things to take into consideration now. I have a busier social life, a boyfriend, ever-changing co-parenting schedules, and my own just fluctuating energy. I've changed so much in the last three years, why can't I let my routines evolve as well? To consider them more practices than anything, to give myself some slack on when I do what. I think having some sort of health practice, both physical and mental, as well as a spiritual practice, is important for any human being. And it can be as simple or as involved as you want. Yoga and gratitude journaling are two of the biggest things I've established over the years. But if we widen the scope, I'd say mornings in general are my spiritual practice, despite having difficulty lately in waking up early. Because I've been going to bed late, because putting my kid to bed is a mixed bag of times, and I'm prone to doom scrolling before bed. But mornings, when I can heave ho myself out of bed early enough, which is so hard in winter, I feel like a little 
soft loaf of bread in a warm oven on those chilly mornings, but when I do, I like to make morning a whole ritual. That's another word I would encourage you to consider its meaning and examine its depth and relevance to your life, to incorporate it into your practice. Mornings hold a sacredness to them, and if you're not a morning person, please at least give it a try. Wake up when the world is still asleep, when the house is quiet. Be that one creature stirring at the time of day many would call ungodly for it being so early, but I find it the opposite. It is the most godly. It is the stillest, the most open. A morning holds the most possibility and potential to intentionally create your day. I start mine, not every day, but most days, with about 20 to 30 minutes of yoga. Usually just something I'll pull up on YouTube, like yoga with Adrian or something. And I love the videos that she posts um, because of Benji is probably a, a big reason of why I watch those. If you don't know who Benji is, that's Adrian's dog. Um, but it's just so good to move the body first thing in the morning after hours of inactivity and rest. And lately, I have elevated that by doing yoga in my dark living room, illuminated with candles. So not only is the soft light really magical, it also smells amazing. Something fun to do if you're a theme lover like me is to decorate your space according to the seasons and incorporate scents. So December could be all twinkle lights and balsam and cinnamon candles. I have also started making it a point to drink a full glass of water in the mornings to rehydrate the body after sleep. And I put my gratitude journal next to my yoga mat and move to jotting down a few things there after I finish yoga. And if there's still time, I'll do a few rounds of EFT um, on whatever I feel like I need to tap on for the day or whatever's coming up for me. Usually that's all I have time for before getting ready for work. But on weekends or mornings where I don't have my daughter, I'll go for a run and then make a cup of coffee or tea and just spend some time writing or working on poetry. But maybe a morning practice isn't your bread and butter. Maybe you're a night owl. So doing meditation or journaling before bed could be your thing. Or even just carving time to get outside each day. Or playing music or painting or drawing. You can literally ritualize anything. But I think the importance is the intentionality behind it the reflection and effort to connect and to make a commitment to connect to yourself by the simple act of gifting yourself the time and allowance to. So the season is asking a lot of me right now, how to get back on track, how to stay on track, how to make it through the season, and how am I going to get it all done? I bet a lot of us feel that this time of year, this kind of like pressure, this crunch, this time crunch. And time is so strange. Some days I feel like I have years worth of time in a single day, usually when I'm at work clock watching, because while I'm grateful for my job, there is a level of monotonous repetition and an air of mundanity about it. Corporate desk jobs, what can I say? My body was not designed to be cooped up in a beautiful metal cage. Other days, though, time is a single split second long. When I'm spending time intentionally with loved ones or immersed in my passions doing something I love, I swear, I blink and the whole day is just gone. I don't really know what time is anymore. But I know some of you have also felt this too. This, like, shift in what time is and what it's become. And how it moves so differently. Maybe it's just getting older that we notice it more. But I think it has a lot to do with where our collective consciousness is heading. Where we're going. Everything this time of year feels heightened, doesn't it? 
There's the busyness, the rush, and then there's the stillness we crave. We want to put the world on pause, especially this time of year, because from fall onward, it just moves so quickly. December is a great time to rewind your year and reflect on your growth. I'll probably have an episode about that, but we're not there yet, so I'll save it. But I think there's potential for a whole lot of food for thought and journal and poetry prompts there. Things come to a close this time of year as we enter our personal winters. Literally, my absolute favorite tea shop in Chattanooga is closing at the end of this month, and I'm honestly kind of torn up about it. I have a very sentimental attachment to that place because it's it was where I spent numerous times um, to just sit and bask in the immaculate healing energy of that space during my divorce. And through this tumultuous and unstable time in my life, it was kind of like a constant. And I wrote so many poems there. It's really the only one of its kind in Chattanooga, too. But it's a reminder. Nothing lasts forever. People change. Things come and go in our lives for one phase of life and then just gone the next. Just like winter, we're asked to be grateful for that, for those inward seasons, for the transitional people, including the many versions of ourselves. Who I was last year when I spent hours at Wildflower, the tea shop I was just talking about, is not who I am today, spending hours at Wildflower, which I'm going to continue doing until they close. I'm the same but different, just like any season. We can always count on the season to arrive, but it won't always look and be the exact same as the prior. What a beautiful concept to hold in our hearts, embracing the seasons, becoming the change we want to see. So I I hope that your forthcoming winter is good to you. And even if it's not, even if it's a harsh one, I hope that you can create the practices and mindset that will carry you through. I hope that you can find the beauty in change and growth and feel the love in the cold, even when it feels uncomfortable or difficult and lean on the people and practices that can help you get there. There's always something incredible that's birthed from it. Thanks for sticking around until the very end. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support my one-woman show, please subscribe and share it on social media or leave a rating and review. Reviews will help this pod to be found more easily and that in turn helps this whole thing grow. To catch the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at Mav Malone. Let's connect. My DMs are always open and I'd love to hear from you. If you want to stay up to date on the latest events, books, and podcast episode releases, please head to my website, maverickmalone.com and sign up for my email newsletter. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.